Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 26th of August. In the last 24 hours, 66,000 new cases of COVID-19 were detected, bringing the country's tally to 32 lakhs. The number of confirmed deaths have surged past 59,000 with more than 1,000 fresh fatalities. Although the worst-hit states of Maharashtra and Andhra Pradesh continue to post the highest number of new cases, several other states broke their records for daily new cases, including Kerala, Telangana, Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh and Chhattisgarh. The former Chief Minister of Assam, Tarun Gogoi, has tested positive for COVID-19 today, becoming the 11th legislator in the state to contract the virus. The current Chief Minister of Uttarakhand, Trivendra Singh Rawat, also got the virus care yesterday after one of his security personnel tested positive. He ultimately tested negative this morning but remains in self-isolation. Delhi's Army Hospital today provided an update on the condition of former President Pranam Mukherjee, stating that he is now being treated for a lung infection. The former president remains in deep coma after undergoing a brain surgery and also testing positive for COVID-19. The central government, meanwhile, this morning reaffirmed its decision to conduct this year's JEE and NEET exams. Union Education Minister Ramesh Pokhrial defended the decision in an interview, stating that the government is under constant pressure from parents and students to conduct the exams. The JEE and NEET exams are scheduled to be conducted in person in September, despite opposition from opposition parties and many students. Many new Indian home buyers are facing the brunt of the economic consequences of the COVID-19 crisis, having sunk their savings into a collapsing real estate market. According to a report by a property consultant, Anna Rock, at least 15.6 lakh housing units will be considered delayed due to the virus, leaving buyers with the burden of paying EMIs on properties far from completion. To read more about this story, read our report titled, I Have Waited for 11 Years, COVID Delays the Urban Indian's Dream to Own a Home. The story is a part of our News Laundry Sena project that is an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers like you to pay for the stories that you want to hear. For this particular series, 23 of our readers contributed. So huge shout out to all of them. You can read the story on newslaundry.com and also contribute to our next News Laundry Sena project that is on India's custodial deaths. For more details, you can check out the News Laundry Sena section on our website. Late yesterday afternoon, the Press Council of India published a statement regarding the attacks on three caravan journalists in Delhi, calling for the Delhi police to submit a report on the incident. In a tweet, they said, and I quote, The Press Council of India has taken suo action against the attack on caravan reporters, seeking report from the Chief Secretary, the Commissioner of Police and the Deputy Commissioner of Police in Delhi. Unquote. On 11th of August, journalists Prabjeet Singh, Shahid Tantre and an unnamed female reporter were covering the communal provocations that occurred in Northeast Delhi's Subhash Mahalla neighbourhood following the foundation-laying ceremony of the Ram Temple in Ayodhya. The journalists were attacked by a hostile mob while interviewing a group of Muslim women about harassment by their Hindu neighbours. The journalists were beaten, mugged, manhandled and one of the three, the female reporter, was even sexually harassed. For more on this story, do read Ayush's article from August 12th titled How a Mob Attacked Three Caravan Journalists in Northeast Delhi. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Disturbing news from Uttar Pradesh emerged this morning after the Press Trust of India reported that a 17-year-old girl was found raped and murdered near her house in Lakhimpur Kheri district. The local police said that she was sexually assaulted with a sharp weapon before she was killed. 
The incident took place on Monday when the girl went to a neighboring town to fill up an online scholarship application form and never returned. Her parents informed the police when she did not return home. The next day her body was discovered in a dried up pond by local farm workers. The girl's father said he was worried about his other daughters. He said and I quote, she was murdered brutally, her throat was slit. The guilty should be given strict punishment. I have other daughters as well. How will they move out? Unquote. This is the second incident of rape in the same district of Uttar Pradesh within the last 10 days. On August 15th, a 13-year-old Dalit girl was raped and killed. She was found strangled with her tongue allegedly cut in a sugarcane field. Four men from her village have been arrested and charged with gang rape and murder. After a spike in crime over the last few months in Uttar Pradesh, the police have faced severe criticism from opposition parties and the general public. Congress General Secretary Priyanka Gandhi Vadra said that the BJP ruled government was failing to ensure safety of women while Rahul Gandhi said that the jungle raj of caste based violence and crimes against women was at its peak. The Uttar Pradesh police have also been revealed to be intimidating Muslim activists particularly in connection with the Ram Temple ceremony in Ayodhya earlier this month. News Laundry's Akanksha Kumar reported that over 30 men, mostly supporters of the Popular Front of India or PFI, along with ordinary citizens, were arrested or their homes were raided. Some were even tortured and threatened with rape and murder. For more details on the Uttar Pradesh police and the incident, do read Akanksha's report titled How the UP Police Terrorized Muslim Activists Ahead of the Ram Temple Ceremony. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. The Delhi Assembly's panel on peace and harmony decided yesterday to summon Facebook India officials in connection with the recent Wall Street Journal report. The report had drawn attention to allegations that the social media giant chose to ignore hate speech made by BJP leaders on its platform. The panel has also called for experts to offer their opinion on the accusations against Facebook. In a statement the Delhi Assembly said and I quote it was unanimously decided by the committee upon the revelations and insights gathered by the witnesses that facebook officials must be called upon to carry out a painstaking investigation into the allegations made by the complainants which were supported by the witnesses as well as the depositions of key witnesses summoned unquote the wall street journal article last week had highlighted instances of political partisanship within facebook india The report had claimed that Facebook India's top public policy executive Anki Das prevented hate speech policies from being applied to a BJP politician and other Hindu nationalist individuals in order to gain favor with the government. Although Facebook has repeatedly asserted that they are committed to checking facts, curbing misinformation and stopping hate speech on their platform, their record has been less than perfect. In February this year, BJP leader Kapil Mishra had made an incendiary speech that was widely shared on the social media platform. It was denounced as the trigger for the communal violence that took place in Northeast Delhi later. The post which clearly broke Facebook's own hate speech rules was available on the platform for far too long. By the time it was taken down, the video had already been shared thousands of times and the riots broke out, leaving at least 53 people dead. Facebook's failure to tackle online abuse and violence affects the lives of people not just in India but around the world. Similar incidents of violence caused due to the platform not doing enough to police hateful content have been reported in Myanmar, Sri Lanka and the Philippines. Prominent Filipino journalist Maria Ressa said and I quote, "Facebook broke democracy in many countries around the world, including mine." Unquote. Maria Ressa was also a guest at News Laundry's annual event The Media Rumble. You can listen to her talk with Hartosh Singh Bal on News Laundry's YouTube channel. 
News Laundry's journalist Nidhi Suresh's recent report is a thorough review of the many incidents wherein Facebook's practices and stances on human rights have been controversial. You can read her report titled Sorry Not Sorry Why Facebook's Stance on Human Rights is Hypocritical. This report is available to you for free on newslaundry.com in Hindi and English. Articles like these require exhaustive research, investigation and resources. And as you all know, it is becoming harder than ever to access media that is uninfluenced by corporate interests. This is exactly why News Laundry is 100% free of advertisements. The media must be free and fair, which is why you, the public, needs to pay to keep news free. Support independent media platforms and become a News Laundry subscriber today. And now for some international updates. As of today, almost 24 million cases of COVID-19 have been detected worldwide, of which 15.6 million have recovered. However, more than 820,000 people have lost their lives to the disease. Clinical trials for a COVID-19 vaccine around the world are taking shape. The University of Cambridge announced today that it is hoping to start trials of its possible COVID-19 vaccine in the month of September after receiving 1.9 million pounds in funding from the British government. As of today over 30 vaccines are using a range of technologies which are currently being tested on humans. In a positive development the World Health Organization has suggested that the pace of COVID-19 transmission is easing in many parts of the world. WHO data said that fatality and infection rates were falling down in most regions. Notably decreases have been noted in the Americas and Africa. The regional director of WHO in Africa said that new cases were declining and that the continent seems to have passed a peak of cases. However, case rates in some regions such as Southeast Asia and Eastern Mediterranean continue to be of concern. Yesterday, Africa was officially declared free from wild polio after decades of struggle and hard work by health officials. The Africa Regional Certification Commission certified that the continent is now free of the virus. Polio which was eradicated in India in 2011 usually affects young children and can lead to irreversible paralysis for life. Only 25 years ago 75,000 children in Africa were paralyzed by polio and hundreds of new cases were detected each year. Until recently Nigeria was the last African country in which the virus was still spreading. Through a thorough and persistent vaccination program the country was able to ensure that they too were free of the virus. The vaccination program faced many challenges including violent attacks on rural healthcare workers and rumors and misinformation that the vaccine was unsafe for children. The WHO and campaigners have said that the fight is now to improve the lives of polio survivors. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.